You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Well, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dust and ashes. All right, today is Ash Wednesday. Right, you know all you you know that. That's why you're here today. Is it's that beginning of those the forty days of Lent. That that forty day journey through uh, different states of of mind. Really, as we consider our unworthiness, uh, and we journey through confession. Right, confession means to to speak of our sins. And so, throughout these next forty days, we're gonna. We're going to be speaking of our sins. We're going, to, we're going to say them out, whereas we go through the forgiving challenge on the weekends, right? We, you know, one of the things that, that Pastor Zender said was that we cannot receive God's forgiveness unless we turn our sins over to Him, right? And so we're going to be speaking our sins. Uh, this Lenten season is also a, a season of contrition, right? And contrition is just a fancy word for feeling sorry for our sins, Right? Like, ooh, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Whoops. Right? And so a season of confession, a season of contrition, and also it's a, a season of repentance. And repentance means simply to, to turn from our sins, to turn away from our sins. And so to stop doing the things that we're doing that are wrong or to start doing the things that we should be doing that we aren't doing. Right? And so, so Ash Wednesday begins this season of confession and contrition, and repentance. Right, and this, throughout the Wednesdays, we're going to be in this series called Promised Treasures. And throughout this series, we're going to be highlighting different uh, visible biblical objects and use those objects to be reminded of or to learn who God is and, and who He says that we are and what He has done for us. And, and today, the visible symbol that we're going to be focusing on is dust and ashes. And, right, again, ashes or, or dust is, is actually one, it's the, one of the very first signs of life in the Bible, of your life in the Bible. And it's also one of the very first signs of death in the Bible. Right, at the very beginning in Genesis 1, we see God creating everything out of nothing. And so we, we, we read through Genesis 1, and we see these six days of creation where he speaks, and it comes into, uh, it comes into being. But then in Genesis 2, we, we narrow in on God's creation of man, and, and, and the account gives us a different view of creation for man, and we see God scooping up the dust of the earth and forming it into the likeness of a human, and then breathing in His Spirit, His breath of life. And so that dust is that first sign of life in humans as the breath of life is breathed into it. But then we go forward another chapter, and we see Adam and Eve not doing what God told them to do, or actually doing what God told them not to do, right? God said, you can eat of any tree except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And guess what Adam and Eve do? They eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so 
as, as God comes to them and as they confess their sins, kind of, right? They blame it on others first, but as they, as they fess up to what they've done, there's a relationship that's been broken. And so then we start to see how ashes actually become now the first sign of death because as God is, is giving curses first to the snake and then, and then to Eve, right? For Eve, he increases her pain in childbirth and says that your desire will be for your husband, probably to, your desire will be to rule over your husband, but instead he will rule over you. And then, then to Adam, he says that, you know, you used to work well with the ground and, and everything worked well together and you planted things and it grew, but now the ground is going to work against you. Cursed is the ground. And, and thorns and thistles will grow up amongst your, your crops. And then by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. Right? It'll be hard work now. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you, what? Return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are. And to dust you shall return. Right? And that dust is that reminder that, Adam, you're, now you're going back to the ground. Right? And, and what once was the sign of life now is a sign of death, right? And that, that death doesn't just end with Adam and Eve. The psalmist David says, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. I didn't have a chance. David didn't have a chance. I don't have a chance. You don't have a chance, right? We are all born and conceived in sin, and so we are all sinful in need of a Savior. We could all say, for you are dust, or for I am dust, and to dust you or I shall return. And so as we think about that, how many of you have uh, thanatophobia as one of the lists of your phobias? Hmm, okay, good. All right, we'll just move on. No, does anybody know what thanatophobia is? Thanatophobia is the fearful obsession with death. Yep. You got it. Fantastic. The fearful obsession with death. Like the, the when am I going to die? How am I going to die? What will it be like after I die? And, and, and how many of you have at some point in your life obsessed over those questions? Right? What's going to happen? Uh, one of my favorite movies, and don't watch it with your kids because there's fun language in it. Um, what about Bob? And there's a scene in What About Bob where Bob and, and the, he's staying, you know, spending the night with, and there's a kid that they're bunking um, and, and the kid starts out with, you are going to die. I am going to die. We are going to die. And a minute of that movie is spent talking about that fear of death. At the end, they kind of say, well, what else is there to fear then? Because we're going to die anyway. But that's not where we're going to go with this, right? Um, There's this, for many, there's this fear of death. And and what's interesting is um, there's actually like uh, a disproportionate amount of that fear in religious circles, right? So we would think, hey, we've got Jesus. We're not afraid. Yay. But have you ever thought of God as a judge? Wait, we read about it, and I didn't put it on the screens, um, but we read about it in, um, in, John, or in Matthew chapter 11, 
right? For uh, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, right? For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And the same with Capernaum, right? If our view of God is a, is a judgmental God, it's really easy to live our life as a thanatophobiac. Because we're constantly wondering, well, when am I going to die? How am I going to die? And really the question that we ask is, am I good enough when I die? Or will this judgmental God send me to hell for eternity? Right? And so there's ways that we can get around our thanatophobia, or thanatophobia and it's one, of, one of those ways is just by ignoring it. Right? If, maybe if I just ignore death, it won't, it won't ever come to me. Or, or maybe if I just dismiss these ideas, if I just don't think about death, then we'll be fine, and I don't have to worry about it. But if you're a thanatophobiac, you can't not think about death. And so instead of ignoring it, instead of ignoring our fear, we should seek to transform it. Right? And the only way to transform a fear is to face it, right? to face your fear. And that's what we do today. Right? Today is Ash Wednesday. Sometimes, right, sometimes if, if you go to church in the morning, I know um, the Catholics are better about having like 42 Ash Wednesday services so that you can fit it in any time in your schedule. And, and so a lot of times you'll forget, I grew up, I didn't have any idea what Ash Wednesday was. But I'd, all of a sudden I'd be reminded that it was Ash Wednesday because I'd see people walking around um, with ashes on. They'd come to school and they'd already gone to, to Mass early that morning. I'd be like, oh, it's Ash Wednesday, Right? Um, it becomes very obvious to people around us when we're walking around with ashes on our forehead that, that something is going on. Um, I wasn't, but I'll, the Glouses were getting ready to head off to district basketball today, and as they were getting ready, I'm like, Sydney, where's your ashes? And like, so as she was leaving, I'm like, no, and they came back, so it was good. So I gave her ashes, and I told her, guard your guard your woman so closely that she gets ashes on her, right? And then they postpone the game. So she gets to be here and gets ashes again, right? But it is very obvious that something's happening when you're walking around with ashes on your face, right? And so as Ash Wednesday, as we come, as we come to the railing later today, you will hear these phrases. You will hear, from dust you are, and to dust you shall return right? Genesis 3, verse 19. And that second line is really scary, or could be really scary. To dust you shall return, right? You are going to die. I am going to die. And we could, we could try, again, we could try and dismiss it. We could try and run from it. We could try and pretend it's not going to happen, but it, it is, unless Jesus returns and I, before we die. Let's go. But for 2,000 years, they've been waiting for that, and Jesus is waiting for the perfect time. And it might be in our lifetime, it might not be. But unless Jesus returns, you and I are going to die. And that is very obvious today. As the sign of the cross is placed 
on your forehead with dust, because dust you shall return. But that is not the end. In Romans 6, we're reminded that we were buried, therefore, with baptism, or by baptism, with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, that we too might walk in newness of life. In John 11, we know that Jesus said to, and this is, this is Mary, as Mary and Martha are weeping over the death of their brother, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. So even though you might die here on this earth, you will live. And in 2 Corinthians, we're reminded that for our sake, God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Right? Jesus came to wipe away your ashes. Jesus came to clothe you in his righteousness. From dust you are, to dust you shall return, but dust you shall not remain. <laughs> As Greg and I were preparing for this service, we talked about a lot of different ways um, of how we could make sure that you knew that as clearly as you possibly could when you left. And one of the ways we talked about was like having you come up and receive the ashes and then later us trying to wash them off. But I've seen how well those come off really easily and we didn't want to like rub skin off because it just wasn't going to work very well. Um, and so that's why when we come up today to receive the ashes, you will receive the ashes um, that reminder of our sin, our humanity, that reminder that we are going to die, but then immediately you will receive the very body and the blood of Jesus, the life of Jesus that was given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. We also talked about attire, right? And I, I was, we, were talk, we went back and forth on should I wear the white robe today? the alb. And I, we both said yes, and then we, uh, but wait a bit, the ashes. And trying to get ashes out of that white robe would have been very, very difficult for us here today. But what the beauty is, right, you and I, we will go home stained with ashes as that reminder of our sinfulness but Jesus has already washed you clean, right? We look forward to that day when, when, when Jesus will return to raise up all of those ashes to new life, to, 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 to spend eternity with him where you will wear bright white robes that have been washed in the blood of Jesus, right? That's the day that we look forward to, but I didn't want to get my bright white robe covered in the ashes of palm branches tonight. Uh, and so that's you know, we, we talked a lot about that. But again, that's why when you come to receive the ashes, you will receive that reminder of your death, the reminder of your need for a Savior, and then immediately you will receive your Savior, His body and His blood for the forgiveness of all of our sins. And this is just a foretaste of the feast to come. Amen? Amen. Amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts 
and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord today and every day. Amen.